I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, January 25th. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do uh, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules around here as far as Native radio goes. We don't do prayers and we don't do buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way, but our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that's heaped upon us, and we do it all right here live from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people you can listen to the show on our web page, on our website, which is letstalknative.com. We um, uh, we live stream video of the show on Facebook, on our Facebook group pages, and, and, and sh- that's shared on a bunch of pages. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, which puts it out as a podcast um, on all your favorite podcast platforms, including, which is kind of recent, uh, Spotify. So if, you're, if Spotify is your podcast format or uh, location of choice then you can find us there and all of our shows up there they we we weren't all 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 the shows weren't on there originally but they all are now so you can catch them all um i encourage you to 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 go ahead and and, uh and subscribe to our podcast now i also encourage you to to subscribe to our youtube channel we take the videos of the the show and we put it up on youtube and uh, you can catch this show my show in new york and, uh, and our short-form videos um, on our YouTube channel. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. All right. Uh, I'm the show's host and producer, and I'm joined in studio by uh, Jake Proud, who manages the audio and the video, and uh, and m- much more does all the technical stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so, again, uh, welcome to Let's Talk Native. Um, all right. So I, I want to talk about some history, and... And, I, and I've talked about some of this stuff before, but I want to bring it in, into the context of the fact that history is so um, whitewashed. It's buried, as I say. Um, it is lied about. It's misrepresented. And and I'm going to give a couple of examples, but one of the things that, that kind of you know encourages me to have this conversation now and is some of the pop culture stuff, uh, not the least of which is the is the Super Bowl. Now I know people think, well, you're, you're going to talk about mascots, and yeah, I am, but not what you think. Yeah, the the Kansas City team does have a native mascot, and and it's wrong. It's uh, it's a it's a misappropriation of culture. It's bastardizing everything from our image to to even words. I mean, the word chief. It's not even one of our words. I mean, it's it's a it's. I think it's more tied to I think Scotland than anything else. I don't I don't even know where the word comes from, but it has been you know uh, placed upon us, and so you know this whole idea of chiefs and chieftainship and all that other stuff. Um, probably more people associated with with native people than they do wherever the origin of the word is. But it, no, I'm not going to talk about the, the the Kansas City team. You know, even though. I could go on and on about the wrongness of the appropriation of our images, um, you know, the whole tomahawk chop stuff, all, all that crazy stuff. I, I could talk about that, but I'm not. It's their opponents because it's almost like nobody even thinks about what is a 49er? Anybody? Hands? Anybody? Anybody know what a 49er is? These are the guys who are associated with the gold rush of California. Now, 
if you look at that history, and if you, and if and depending on who you who you talk to, even even the governor of California talks fondly about what what a great part of California history was, you know, that the gold rush was. Well, no, it wasn't. It was essentially California's um, reason for genocide. I mean, wh- one of the the biggest parts of the American Holocaust is what took place in California. I mean, I know people think about the Lakota War, the, the, the Indian Wars, and all that other stuff. But in California, it was just genocide. It was, it was just mass slaughter. The state of California, well, actually, I don't even know if it was a state yet, but coming out of not only the 1849 when, when um, gold is discovered on John Sutter's ranch, which had enslaved Native people working there, by the way, um, Coming out of that, it, there, there ends up being this real push for the United States to take their manifest destiny, like it's some sort of God's calling. No, it was gold's calling. And and go in there and not only um, strip that part of the continent away from another false claim, Mexico or Spain's claim to the land, um, and then go on a wholesale slaughter of Native people. I mean, there was probably half a million or better, Native people who lived in um, in what is what is known now as California before the Spanish got there, and that number got wiped out, you know, down to probably closer to a hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand. But over half a million down, and they would lose that that population at the hands of the Spanish, you know, in Mexico. <laughs> but once the gold rush happened that that population would be dropped down to close to 10,000 people so in a in a rel- i mean during the spanish period we're talking about a longer period of time but only only over the, the last less than a decade a population of 100 or 150,000 native people will be wiped out you know down to down to about 10,000 15,000 people i mean it's it's insane to think about how much uh how much slaughter took place and so and keep in mind this is the 18 1849 to 1851 1857 you know that that era this is before l frank bomb calling for our extermination the governors you know the, the military look they were they were actually taking taxing the gold revenue or taking revenue from from the gold to fund to the you know at the at, to the tune of a million dollars a year, fund these private militias to kill native people just to, just to wipe native people out. The last posting, you know, if you look up redskins or bounties for scalps, you, you usually find two public proclamations: one from King George in like the 1750s, and then one a hundred years hundred years later from california literally calling for the you know some of these guys who 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 sucked at panning for gold and finding gold they found ways to make money by killing indians and turning in scalps no so that part of the history now look i know what you're saying oh you're just taking advantage of the fact that a team is playing in the sword well look it brings it to my mind but but i think some truth has to be told about some of that history uh, I, I got a point out. I'm wearing my "Get Over It" T-shirt today because that's what this is all about. We get told to get over this bad part of the history. Well, 
how do you get over if if you if you're gonna lie about it? If it's if it's if it's gonna be a constant lie about our history, about the history of of the United States. I mean, and and to be clear, this high idea of manifest destiny it didn't stop at the Pacific Ocean. No, I mean they would do the same thing to, to Hawaii. They would do the same thing to the Philippines. They would do the same thing to to other places in the world. This insatiable appetite. Because, you know, here's what it comes down to. And, and it's funny because we live in a time now where everybody's concerned about an economic fallout. The solution for countries like the United States was just take more land. You know, take it from you know, Spain, take it from Mexico. I mean, I, I, mean, I was really surprised the United States says it didn't invade Canada <laughs> um, at, on a more regular basis. You know, although that, that border had to be worked out, obviously. Between the two colonial empires, right, British and uh, and American, but I mean the, this idea that the, the the United States and and they and they try to like mask it like somehow you know they didn't just call it manifest destiny. You know what else they called it? White man's burden. Yeah, that's the other expression that is used for manifest destiny. White man's burden, because they felt it was it was white man's obligation to expand. In the name of Christendom, in the name of spreading their, you know, their religious beliefs, which most of that was bullshit too, <laughs> because you had on one you had the same the same guys who, who called themselves preachers, like uh, 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 General Shivington, who was who was a, a preacher, I mean, I'm, I'm a holy man, who talked about murder. And, and just murdering, murdering, you know, savages. And actually, he called it. If you didn't sign up for murder, murdering savages, he he thought that that you also should go to hell. I mean, this is the this is the the attitude that existed, and and it existed not just from from Columbus's first steps, you know, and realizing you know what what could be done with these native people, but all the way through all all all, all the way through U.S. history. And then, then you then you lie about it and you cover it up. I think it's important that people know what a 49er is and what took place as a result of the gold rush. You know, when I when I hear Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of, of California, you know, speak in, in light and airy tones about you know uh, about you know what how this put California on the map. Yeah, put you on the map, all right. Put you on the genocide map. I mean, because this is one of the, the major portions of that American Holocaust, the California genocide. And it, and it is directly tied to the 49ers, to these guys, because it was tens of thousands of white men who just believed that they could just go to California, kill Indians, and, and get rich with, with, uh, by finding gold. They thought there was some, this unlimited supply of gold that, that every man could grab. And of course, most people you don't even know what the hell a 49er is. And yet, it'll be, it's, it's used as a mascot for, for a, a billion dollar sports franchise. You know, so, I mean, look, I, I know when I talk about mascots, you, you, everybody expects me to talk about the Washington football team or the Atlanta baseball team or perhaps the Kansas City football team. And, and, and the crazy part is when we say it's inappropriate to use a people, for a mascot, somebody will throw something out there like, oh, yeah, well, what about Vikings or Cowboys or 49ers? Well, let's talk about 49ers. 
sure, I'm willing to talk about 49ers and the inappropriateness of uh, because trust me, none of those people playing football in San Francisco represent those 49ers. And if they did, they should be ashamed of it. But let me not stop. Let's not just stop right there because there there are a lot of other issues um, about how history is is dealt with. And and I'll give you an example. A a few years ago, my grandson had to do answers, do some worksheet on um, on the Grand Canyon. Out of his textbook, it literally said that the first man to explore the Grand Canyon was John Wesley Powell, a white man. Now, I'll admit that if you go to Wikipedia right now and you look up the history of the Grand Canyon, it'll it'll list um, you know, it'll list a bunch of the the other uh, uh territories, the uh, uh Havasupa, the uh uh uh, uh the uh, the 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 Puebloan uh, uh peoples, the Anasazi, I mean, uh, it'll list all kinds of other native people who who clearly because there's pictographs, there's all kinds of things that that show that native people were there long before thousands of years an ongoing tradition of native people being uh, uh tied to the grand canyon for thousands of years before um john wesley powell but why and why would wikipedia have that because somebody probably realized j- just how badly it was misrepresented it was being represented but the problem is the history books the ones that are that they're still using for our kids in schools today they're not current they're, they they don't have the public being able to edit accurately or sometimes not so accurately like like wikipedia does and i'm not saying that wikipedia should be the only place that people look but i did i looked and i was almost pleasantly surprised to see how many native peoples they listed in association with the grand canyon i mean the paiute i mean this you know down south you know the southern part of the grand canyon i mean all of it i mean it, it lists it lists a whole bunch that's wikipedia but not the history books so our kids in the in the fifth and sixth grade or whatever else, they're getting hit with this stuff or the fourth grade. I don't even know what grade he was in it when, when I first when we first confronted this. But see, this is part of the problem. Now you can say, yeah, but yeah, the kids aren't going to retain the history anyway. But that's what they're being the doctor. They have to write this stuff down. He he literally had to list John Wesley Powell because that's the answer they wanted. If he had put any other answer. Depending on who the teacher was, I mean, if if you just said Native people had been exploring that Grand Canyon for uh, for tens of thousands of years before John Wesley Powell, uh, depending on the liberal <laughs> viewpoint that that teacher might have had, he might have just got that wrong. I, I had to tell him the answer he's putting down was wrong, even though I didn't tell him not to. But I, you know, I didn't look. I can't tell people to confront. In the same way that I would, you know, I'm, I, I could, but if he, he, if he decided not to put the, uh, John Wesley Powell down, I would have been okay with it, but I wasn't going to tell him what answer to put down. I just said, well, let me tell you some real history. And look, and this isn't, and the sad part is that's not my history. That's not my people in that area. But when you, but when white men are going to write these history books and they're going to put this stuff down, it should be on them to, to, to find some of the truth of that history. I'll give you another example. Jeopardy. You know, Jeopardy is one of these, these shows you can watch and you can learn a lot of stuff, right? They, they give all kinds of, you know, sometimes useless information, some information that's, that you know, is kind of intriguing. 
one of the questions uh, on on Jeopardy had to do with uh, the these people were the were the first to settle the area that would uh, uh, come to be known as Las Vegas, and the the answer according to Jeopardy was the Mormons. What do you mean the, the freaking Mormons? There had been native people living in that area that was would be called uh, Las Vegas for tens of thousands of years before the Mormons would be there. The the Paiutes, the uh, again the Anasazi, there were there were all and there's evidence all around that area, historical evidence that that proves that these the, and and again if you look it up on Wikipedia, it'll list some of that stuff. But I guarantee if you uh, the history books and Jeopardy, the guy who writes the gets all the the data for Jeopardy. No, it's the Mormons. The Mormons. So, and and that's pop culture, folks. I mean, this is. I mean, even if you, if you can dismiss, you know, if you if you you know if you're a fan of um, James Lowen and Lies My Teacher Told Me, and even if you, if you can dismiss the history books, this is the kind of pop culture stuff. That's the, and I hear stuff all the time. You, you watch a movie and, you, and you'll hear, hear some reference about the gold rush. You're, you'll hear some reference about, you know, uh, again, the Mormons in an area or whatever else with complete disregard for some of the true history. And that's a problem, folks. Because, I mean, it isn't just about ancient history. And again, I've talked about this before. But... It, it has been fairly well documented that almost no, there's almost no mention of native people past the 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 turn of the century. I mean, past you enter into the the 20th century after the year 1900, we are almost not we're not we're not even mentioned. And prior to that, everything's misrepresented. And you know, look, I mean, that, that's why we have this whole thing. You know, the, the myth of Columbus. I mean, look. When you're going to tell me that some white man discovered the land that we already lived on, and most of that's not even true because Columbus didn't actually come to the to the, to the mainland. So even in to say he's the first white man to do it, no, that's not the way they say. It. No, 1492, Columbus discovered America and discovered us. Like we needed to be uncovered somehow. Look, the same thing happens. And we can get into conversations about what they call federal recognition. I mean, this this whole notion that unless the federal government somehow grants their recognition, and you know, look, I just heard. In fact, I just heard a story on on the um, uh, on NPR today. Um, some you know, I don't remember what what tribe it is because they get these names that are. Um, re you know reimagined i guess i don't know what the name of the band was that that just got federally recognized in um in montana and the guy, the guy says you know the problem is uh you know it, it, it's like our own people our other we know we always knew who we were but other native peoples say oh but you're not federally recognized well i'll tell you the, the problem with that is that we put too much of an emphasis on what is federally recognized and what is not Little shell, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, I think, um, and you know how they, you know how they got federally recognized? It was written into the uh, the National Defense Authorization Act. 
<laughs> yeah, that's where they put it in there. Oh yeah, we're all, so we're gonna throw all this other stuff in there. That's why they call these things omnibus bills because they. Well, I said bulls. They should put it, call it bulls. Yeah, because it's bullshit. They, so they throw this in there. So, but I mean, so we can exist for thousands and thousands of years. Pre, you know, obviously, pre-exist America or the concept of America. And then, and then when they said, and federal recognition not, not means now that the federal government recognized them as a sovereign nation. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What it means is they're now federally recognized as a tribe, band, or nation of Indians subordinate to the laws of the United States. There's nothing, you know, they, they, and they came up with this definition in, in 1934. Of course, that's after 1900, so nobody's going to mention that, right? They came up with this definition to try to further subjugate native people. There's no mention of the word sovereignty in there. I mean, and then, and then when, when people use the word sovereignty, they always say uh, uh, tribal sovereignty. So they, again, one of these words that they put a precursor in front of it. So it doesn't really mean sovereignty. It means something else. And, and the United States went through great pains, especially during the, the, uh, this development of the, the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People, to say... Look, we have a problem with um, with coming up with a UN, a, a UN declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples because we don't want to rewrite international law, and we sure as hell don't want to rewrite ours. And so, what they said is, we don't really recognize sovereignty, or that native people have the right to assert sovereignty over their lands. We reckon, and, and even self determination, we have a problem with that word because we mean internal self determination. So when we say the words self-determination or self-governance we mean it within within our definition of self-determination and self-governance which means internal we are we are not going to recognize them as some sort of nation state we aren't really going to recognize them as, as sovereign and this is this is the battle that, that's going on in hawaii right now you've got a, a half a million people who have become woke about the illegal occupation of Hawaii and the fact that the Hawaiian kingdom was completely undermined by the United States through through a military coup and are not prepared to to concede that they say no we are our lands are illegally occupied and this goes even beyond the statehood or or the false claim that that the the Hawaii was somehow legally annexed it wasn't there's no annexation treaty between the between the kingdom of Hawaii and uh, and the United States in fact even the the uh, the bullshit Hawaiian republic that was a bunch of white men who decided oh, we're not going we don't we're going to represent ourselves as the as the Hawaii as the nation of Hawaii now, not as the kingdom of Hawaii, but as the Hawaiian Republic. There's not even a tr- an annex a, a legitimate annex treaty annexation treaty between them because, for one thing, they, that was all fraud. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> you can read in the joint resolution of Congress where they acknowledge, and this is from 1993, the joint resolution of Congress where they call it the apology resolution. Because the United States apologizes for what they did to Hawaii, they don't rectify it. They don't make take any uh, any uh, any actions to to reconcile what they did. But they say they apologize. And here's the crazy thing about an apology resolution: when when some Hawaiian when some of the Hawaiian activists said, "Well, we're going to use that resolution," then 
we're gonna we're gonna cite that in, in some of our 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 land use issues. The Supreme Court says, well, you know that joint resolution of Congress thing? It doesn't really have any legal merit. You can't use that in a legal proceeding. It's it's like it's it's just fluff. It doesn't really mean anything. Now what's here's the problem with this. <laughs> the whole means for which the United States claims to have annexed Hawaii was through a joint resolution of Congress. It wasn't through the normal process of, of a treaty being negotiated between two parties or one asking or requesting to be annexed and then going through uh, the Senate confirmation, which, w- which, which would have required two-thirds, of the major- two-thirds majority of the Senate to confirm the annexation of this land. No, not that, none of that happened. They did a simple majority through a, a joint resolution of Congress, which... Today, the Supreme Court will say, yeah, those joint resolutions of Congress, they don't really mean anything. They're just kind of PR. It's the kind of stuff we put out there. Yeah, we say we're sorry, but we're not going to make any amends for it. There's no contrition. We just say it so everybody can feel good about it. That's the history, folks. That's, That's some of that history. All right, we're uh, we're pretty much at the bottom of the hour, so here's what we'll, do. we'll take a break and we'll come back. And I look, I want to I want to nail some some more of this stuff down because this isn't about being hateful. This isn't about you know trying to you know pick a wound. It's about saying, look, let's be honest about some of this history. That's all we need to do. All right, this is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll be right back. All right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. I want to thank our sponsors. Let's Talk Native is sponsored by Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, and the folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply. I want to thank thank those, I want to thank you guys in particular for your consistent support and uh, and just being able to rely on you to, uh, to to fund what we do here and and look there's a lot of hidden costs i mean there's a there's there's services that we have to pay for to do this and of course i also travel to new york each week and and so these guys enable that and some of and there are others of you who on occasion will throw a check in the mail or do perhaps even do a paypal thing uh make a donation through pay, paypal that's another way to support a, a further way to support is uh as you saw during the break we uh listed up um uh, our store uh we we not only sell some some merchandise that promotes let's talk native but um uh jake took some time and, and put together some pretty provocative t-shirts so if you want to make wear a t-shirt that that takes that that might make a few people cringe and i know some of you do then by all means check out what we've got on our, our store you, and you can find our store page on our website so you go to letstalknative.com and you can and just link to the store and what we've done is we're, we are utilizing teespring as um uh, as our uh printer for for these uh for the let's talk native shirts and um and for for some of these uh again some of these more cringeworthy pieces that we put together to to make a, a bold statement um now we also uh, provided a ten uh, percent discount, so that I do have a special code. Now I know it's going to be hard to remember. 
It's Kane. Yeah, that's my name. Yeah, <laughs> K-A-N-E. Put K-A-N-E into the, um, there's a box that you enter a code when you go to uh, to actually order these things and you can get a 10% discount. But this is a way that you can make a statement with uh, with your clothing and also support what we're doing here. So I encourage folks to do that as well. Um, look, I also want to thank those of you who share the show. And we, like as I mentioned in the in the intro, we are now on Spotify, uh, which is which is one of the the, the you know one of the major uh, podcast platforms. Um, but we're on all of them: Stitcher, you know, iTunes. You, you can find us on you know uh, on all of them. Uh, a tune in. Um, and I encourage you to, to subscribe. Whatever platform you use, you know, that's that's up to you. But uh, you, you can find us on there. In fact, and if you don't know how to find us, you can just go to look. You can ask Alexa. <laughs> you can say Alexa, uh, play Let's Talk Native with John Kane podcast, and uh, and it'll pull up. I I don't know what they they probably give you one specific platform, but you can you can search for whatever you want. Um, you can you know put that into a search bar. You can Google search it, and you'll get a variety of, uh, of platforms so we're easy enough to find and on those podcasts you'll have not only this show let's talk native but you'll also get the uh, uh let's talk show the show that i do in new york and now those are two hour audios but they also have some pretty engaging callers because we, we we get some pretty good uh, callers some are more provocative some of them are antagonistic but i like those too i i you know some of these guys who call in with, with a little bit of a perhaps a racist view or a contrarian view, eh, th- those guys are fun to talk to too. So, um, uh, and again, that's, you know, I, I put all this stuff out there so uh, people are aware. Look, we are not a viral sensation by any means. And we're, we're growing and we, we get, you know, we're getting closer to 600 subscribers on our, uh, on our YouTube channel. And, um, and each, each week we get a few more listeners here and there. Um, but we have not become a viral sensation by any means. And, you know, and, you guys can make the difference but with what you share and and look those of you who listen each week look i i really appreciate you but those of you who listen and share the show you guys are going to help expand um the conversations and and really this show is about education it's about conversations that that i hope that you're going to have not just listening to me but you're going to perhaps i you know, strike a chord with you. Perhaps I say something that is going to, maybe you're going to look up Las Vegas now. (laughs) Maybe you're going to look up Grand Canyon and you're going to find out a little bit more about who actually lived there. Maybe you're going to find out uh, about some of this history. I mean, you're going to look up, look up uh, California gold rush and, and, uh, or the California genocide, man, there's, there's a bunch of stuff there. I mean, and, and I, and I encourage you to look it up. You should, we should all know that history. Because we're still living with the legacy of that history. So when people tell me to get over it, you know, and I, I wear this shirt as a, as a sarcastic statement. I mean, in order to get over something, you have to address it. You can't just bury it. You can't pretend it didn't happen. And you can't lie about it. Because lying about some of this history is, is, is worse. And misrepresenting it. Well, you know, every time I hear and see another post about, you know, what a white man did, on our lands <laughs> and, and 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 what these what the great founding fathers did and they ignore some of the racist parts of their history i'm sorry that, that's that's just tough to take that's just tough to take but i think part of this learning some of this history is because it, it puts it into context how we get to where we're where we are today now I understand you know people are going to say well you know you're all as long as you're going to keep painting yourself as victims 
look, much of what I talk about here in terms of history isn't just history. It's contemporary. We're still experiencing some of this stuff. I mean, I've talked about the, the battles that we have with New York State over them, you know, the Senecas, for instance, having to battle the state. They're trying to take another billion dollars from the Senecas. I mean, and this is taking money. This isn't money that is owed in, in spite of what you've been told. I mean, Oklahoma, you've got a, you've got a governor in Oklahoma who is trying to squeeze them the same way that this, the same way this Democrat in the, in the governor's mansion in Albany is trying to squeeze the Senecas. The governor in Oklahoma is trying to squeeze all of them. And there's a lot more native territories with, with gaming operations. And he's trying to squeeze them all. He wants a bigger piece of their action. And he's not giving them anything. Just like this governor's not giving anything. I know. Yeah, exclusivity. Yeah, my ass. Come on. That's all, that's all bullshit. And everybody knows it. So this is some of what we're going through today. We're going through, you know, the problems we see with, with missing and murdered indigenous women. And look, I, we're, I'm not saying every missing woman is, is, has been murdered. Many of them have been. But many of the missing women in our territories are missing because the policies of the United States today have created almost unlivable conditions for Native people with, with no hope or prospects for the future. No ability. Honestly, in many Native territories, the only way you can measure any types of success is leaving. And so that ends up being the path that's promoted. Oh, you got to get out of here. You know, these are the, the, the rural ghettos, right? These are the, the native ghettos. That's the way our territories are looked at. I mean, and, and so that's the way we're looked at as, as a people, like, like we're lesser than everybody else. So what do you do with the best and brightest in every one of your territories? You encourage them to get the hell out of here. Oh, you don't want to have to... I mean, the only thing to do here is you can work for the nation. I mean, that's even true with the Seneca Nation. Some of the most successful opportunities... In fact, if you go to most Native territories, the difference between the haves and the have-nots are those who work for the tribe and those who don't. I mean, here in Seneca Nation, there's a little bit more of a, uh, of a successful private sector or, or affluent private sector. So again, you, you look at if you look here, the the difference between the haves and have-nots are the ones with gas stations and smoke shops, and the ones who work for the for the nation. And and I don't mean just work for the nation. This includes the ones who get elected, because trust me, they've got a good gig. They get paid a hundred thousand dollars, and that might be the most money they'll ever see because they're not qualified for much else. They could they could earn that. And I look, and and I say and I say that. Because it it gets it gets tied just to measuring people's net worth with, with dollars and cents. But you know, getting back to the, to the, to the problems that exist in our territory. So unless you can be on the right side of the politics in any native territory, you're probably going to live find yourself living in abject poverty with, with very 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 little to look forward to in the future. So this is a this impacts men and women. And so when we hear these stories of these missing and murdered indigenous women and men, we know that, it, that it, more often than not, it is tied to 
a behavior or maybe even a lifestyle that people will say, oh, that's, that's not a healthy lifestyle. But you don't understand what the lifestyle is anyway. What we've been, the conditions that most people are forced to live in, in, in many of these territories. And if you don't understand the history that leads to where we are, we are today, then you can't even fathom this. Like, yeah, it's easy to say, well, you know, the, the girl who just turned up missing, this, um, uh, 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 not afraid. Selena, not afraid. Oh, oh, well, she probably died of, uh, of hypothermia exposure just because she was left behind, you know, from a party. So, and they say, well, no foul play suspected. Well, what are the conditions that lead that could even lead to that circumstance, where where somebody could be left to to freeze to death? And I'm not even if you're not going to call it foul play. What what are the living standards? Look, we have people freeze to death in in some of those those territories in uh, in in the Dakotas. Every year, we're gonna we're gonna hear about somebody who froze to death, not because they got left behind in a car, uh, from a, from a broken down car, because in spite of all the minerals and the and the gas and the oil that's being stripped out of some of these native territories, there are people who live living in mobile homes with no heat. Every year, every year we hear these stories. Dying of, dying of exposure, freezing to death right in your own home, or, or burning to death in a home that you that you you had no way to heat. So you so you have some sort of unsafe, you know, perhaps a wood stove or you know kerosene heater or some damn thing because because the living conditions are are, are so are so rough. And we see that. I mean, you don't have to go out west to see that. I've seen I've seen that in in, in native territories here in. What, what people consider New York State, Oneida, Mohawk Territory, Seneca Territory. No, we, we see these conditions happen all the time. So this is an ancient history that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the history that brings us to where we are today. Now, don't get me wrong. By and large, you can look at our people and say, man, you people are survivors considering all, you, all you've gone through. And we are. But... There are casualties of that survival every year. Many of those casualties are are our young people, or, or and and our women. Many of the casualties of this struggle for survival don't survive. So I mean, you can look at our numbers and you say, "Well, your, your population's on the increase," but that doesn't mean we're not losing people along the way. Again, we lead in death by cop. We lead in prison population. We lead in um, uh, suicides. Before there was even a measure of youth suicides, because that wasn't even measured, uh, you know, in, in the United States. The idea of, of somebody twelve year olds committing twelve year old committing suicide was such an anomaly; they didn't even keep track of it. But if you look through, you know, and, and, and Jake and I were talking after the show last, uh, our last show, there's pretty good evidence based on tracking where these missing and murdered indigenous women come from, the areas, the pockets of these missing and murdered indigenous women, that it isn't just a cultural condition that, that allows our women to be uh, um, made missing or, or, or murdered. There may be actual serial killers. I mean, there's... And yet, for all of the you know criminal mind shows and the SVUs and all the stuff that you see on television, 
Nobody's giving nobody's giving special attention to the, to the to the numbers and these you know the, these well, they, these cells uh, you know they use they call cancer cells when you get a rash of people who 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 die in a, in a specific area. Murder, oh, there you go. Yeah, are they, in fact, they used to call them cancer clusters. Same thing, murder clusters. There are murder clusters specifically tied to Native people that never get investigated. There's no special crimes unit. <laughs> they're, they're, they, don't put, they don't send out their, their FBI, FBI profilers out there to, to find out why, why do we have this rash? of Why do we have a, a murder cluster, death clusters of, of our women? Why? Because we're such a low priority. And the reality is, while there may very well be, and there's plenty of evidence suggests that there's mass murderers, serial killers, who are not even being investigated, they're going to find some of them are cops. But the other thing is, the conditions that our people live in make these, these, these opportunities almost too much for the rape culture that is the United States and Canada to not fill that to not take take the opportunity the conditions support and enable these these things to happen so when we talk about missing and murdered indigenous women i think it's really important to think that the people go well beyond yes i think that, i think there are cultural conditions and I, and when i say culture i don't mean our culture i mean the, the american the rape culture the the patriarchy the misogyny these are all parts the the racism the these parts of the american dna are what leads leads to much of this and so that culture may be creating these conditions but even beyond that culture if anybody cared to look if anybody gave a damn they might find out that there's that there are men who may have a laundry list of of native women that they that they've killed there 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 are certain pockets within certain regions of both the u.s and canada that are where there's many too there's far too many native people women in particular who have been who turned up dead to suggest that it's a cultural thing. No, there, I mean it is a cultural thing, but but it also may be represented by by a serial killer or or two or three or five. When you go, when you look at the the Osage murders from nineteen from the nineteen twenties, the FBI wanted to reduce it down to a serial killer. They didn't want to acknowledge that there was a cultural thing. See, the opposite thing almost exists here. Everybody knows that the missing and murdered indigenous women issue is a is a cultural thing. They know that the policies of the U.S. have created these conditions. And the racism and misogyny of, of, of white men in particular, 70% of domestic violence that Native women experience happen at the hands of white people who, who almost get a free pass. It's, it's almost legal. How do you, what do you mean it's almost legal? If there's no law enforcement, and if white men can't be prosecuted by native police, if you have no enforcement, then how do you say it's it's illegal on paper, but in practice it's it's okay? 
look, we have seen these conditions, you know, every step of our lives as we've interacted with Native people. I mean, you know, part of what, what, what led to even AIM coming into existence had to do with some of the racist activities that, are, that Native people experienced. You know, and you know, and the the beauty of all this stuff is is how convenient people can can denigrate Native people and then tie us to the to, to alcohol issues, not even recognizing that the alcoholism was also something that was done to our people. Now, I'm not saying that our people aren't 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 willingly um, self medicating today, but alcohol was used as a it was used as a tool for submission. Alcohol was literally re- requisitioned for treaty negotiations. Getting Native people liquored up was a government policy. Terrorism was a government policy. Right back to George Washington. That's why we call him Run the Gaius and every other pr- president since then. By the way, that's one of our t-shirts. <laughs> Run the Gaius, George Washington with, with blood on his hands and his apron. Look, this is the real history, folks. And I don't mean to make light of it, but I want to shine a light on it. You know, I get, you know, my, my grandkids really, um, they're, they're oftentimes, they'll, they'll say to their teacher, you know, my, my grandfather um, you know, knows how to speak about Native issues. Most of those teachers are scared to death to have me. They don't understand that I can that I can do an, an age appropriate uh, you know conversation with, with kids. My grandson's asking me today, you know, to, to come to a school, and, and I will, and I and I will go. But you know, the first thing I got to I got to get a teacher who's who's got enough courage to let somebody come in, and and of course, you know, in a perfect world, they would what they would consider a perfect world. I would screen every comment that I'm going to make with them first. But that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and look, I can talk to I I could talk about what a, what a forty nine er is. That's pop culture right there, right? Let's talk about what what a San Francisco forty nine er is. Let's talk the talk about the truth of what what mascot issue is. And there there are ways of addressing this even with kids, so they understand the inappropriateness of it. And you know what? We should, and we should do this not just for native kids. We certainly should do it for native kids. Our own kids should be empowered about what true history is. No, it wasn't John Wesley Powell who, who first, you know, explored the Grand Canyon. And the fact that your textbook says it is just another example of the lies they put in, in, into those textbooks. No, we should, we should credit native people for the cultural advancements. And when I say cultural advancements, I'm not talking about civilization defined by white men. I mean cultural advancement in the humanities, the understanding of, of our humanness and the relationship that, that, that our human form has with the rest of creation. That's a higher level of thinking. And look, we can get into, you know, some people will call that spirituality. I don't. I talk about our advancement in the in the, in the area of humanities as an evolution of thought, an acknowledgement, an enlightenment about our place in uh, in the, in the world, and not as a spiritual thing, but but as a as a pragmatic, a, a common sense understanding that we have a role to play, not in just 
fixing, you know, nature, but in finding our place within nature. In fact, the idea that, that we think we can dam a river without consequences, or we can, we, we can block out the sun with smoke billowing out of, of refineries, or we can, you know, belch a bunch of, uh, um, methane into the air, or we can do all of these things and have no consequences. That's not a native concept. You know, we have a story, and I, and I mentioned this many, many times, but I'll mention it again, where we talk about our grandfathers. And I, and I want to explain this because I know there are different interpretations. And, I, and some people, I, you know, I've heard tell the story. I don't necessarily agree, agree with their interpretation. We talk about our grandfathers having put the, the dinosaurs down to make our time. Now, for me, I know that when, when, I, when I think of our, our grandfathers, I think about our grandfathers meaning the, the elements. You know, when we talk about the four directions, we talk about, we call the four directions our grandfathers the winds the weather i mean the conditions whatever and we talk about the the stars being our distant relatives so whatever it is that caused the de- the demise of um of the dinosaurs and put and made them extinct they were they were the natural forces that we associate as a, as our, our as our ancient relatives i mean we we talk about those being our relatives and we don't literally mean it, them to be our relatives, but, but we talk about our grandfathers having put down the dinosaurs to make for our time. And we warn, and there's almost a warning in that story that those things that have been put down and, and into our, and into Mother Earth. So our time to live on our mother, off our mother would be made. And not just mean our time, but the time of all of creation, everything that, that we see that, that, that lives today. Much of that would not be possible if certain if, if the earth hadn't gone through some of its changes. We I mean, look, we have no there there there's almost no animal that, that preys specifically. We're not in the food chain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying that we're at the top of the food chain. We're, we're near the top <laughs> because we, man, we'll, we'll kill and eat anything. <laughs> but we're not on anybody's real predator list. Not now, not anymore. But when we dig into our in, in, into our, our mother, when we dig into the planet to, to pull out fossil fuels, that's like giving life to, that's like giving life to the dinosaurs again. The very thing that we are that we are warned about the, these are parts of our stories now look i know some people will try to make make these into spiritual stories or um or what, what are the, the, the prophecies no th- these aren't prophecies or or it's not even a spiritual thing these these are pragmatic warnings you know there's so much that gets lost in history and in translation you know, another thing that I talk about a lot of times, uh, you know, they, we used to, when we would talk about making a treaty, not just with, with white men, but even amongst n- other native peoples or other peoples, we talked that, that this will be the way as long as the waters flow and the grass grows and the sun shines, the wind blows. We use the, these kinds of things that are perpetual. But we, people when we hear water flow, they think we, the, people start saying, well, as long as the rivers flow. In fact, I even heard people say, as long as the rivers flow downhill. 
what other direction are they going to flow? I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. But, but that's not where that water flow is also the flow of water with birth. I mean, the most personal water that, that flows from man is that water that we, 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 what do you say when, when somebody's going to give birth? Their water broke. The water flow. Because our, our children, the first, I mean, it's, it, it's not a coincidence that our creation story talks about living, you know, uh, you know, uh, life and, 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 and the, the role that water plays. Our first environment before we come out of the womb is, is submerged in water. So when we say as long as the water flows, we mean as long as as long as we perpetuate life. Literally, not not just water is life. I mean, it, and look, that's not just a, a, a metaphor or a euphemism. Water is our first environment. We are born of water, but that gets lost. I mean, it isn't just that a river is sacred, or that a lake is sacred. Or that a pond or an ocean is sacred. It, it, I mean, so this idea of, of you know sacredness, that, and that's why I say we, we kind of break the rules here. We don't we don't we don't we don't confine ourselves to that. We know we know how much of our existence is tied to water. Not just because we have a, a cool stream that goes by. So anyway, I again this the show. The, the purpose of the show was, was to, you know, give a couple of examples how history is rewritten, how it's lied about, how it's misrepresented. In pop culture, 49ers playing the Chiefs in the, in the Super Bowl, Jeopardy questions. I mean, and, and in our history books, not our history books, the history books that our kids are being taught from. I said it before, actually before the school year started, we have a responsibility to correct what our kids are being taught. So let's step up. All right, folks, this is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll be, we'll be back here on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Yahweh.